Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Ross. Hi, Tom. And Joey. Hi. And Mike. Hey. I, I'm going to... Welcome to Teaching with the Body and Mind, a podcast about the importance of children moving for learning. With your hosts, Tom, Mike, Ross, and Joey. Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Ross. Hi, Tom. And Joey. Hi. And Mike. Hey. Uh, I, I'm going to throw out an idea today, um, and it has to do with some work I'm doing I took a lot of pictures in my classroom. I mean, I've got over 35,000 images. I'm retired now, but I got 35,000 images. And over the past couple of weeks, I've been going through them, tagging them, which I should have done in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, so, so I could find what I want. I'm just impressed that they even had cameras when you started teaching. So. <laughs> Let well, alone tag them. I don't have to tag them. The, <laughs> the, the digital ones came all around much later, so... But I'm looking through these. I'm looking through all these pictures, and I'm noticing that kids in the classroom are. Uh, how do I want to say it? Their 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 bodies always are doing something different. Different from other kids, or different from own? other okay. kids, just from. So, for instance, mm-hmm. um, I have a. I I'm, I'm thinking of a picture I have, of about 10 kids in what I would call my commons area. It was actually the block area. Mm-hmm. But what had happened is the kids had brought things from all over the room. Sure. And it, it was like they had set up their own interest center. Uh-huh. And there were dyads and there were quads and there was solitary play. But what I noticed was that they were all in different positions. So some mm-hmm. were standing, some were laying down. Some were sitting on the ground, some were sitting on the steps, some were laying down. Mm -hmm. And so once I started seeing that, and as I'm going through the pictures, I'm noticing all the different ways the kids use their body in the classroom. So for instance, there's a, there might be a small area shelf and that they crawl into. Right, right. Um, They might, I have a picture of a, of a child, actually it's a video of a child jumping up and down reading. Hmm. Nice. nice. I, I mean, the the book is on the on a counter, and she's jumping up and down, and she's right. reading the book, and then she turns the page, jumps and reads, mm-hmm. and turns the page, jumps and reads, and it got me thinking about how children need to uh, children know how to move their body in ways that they need to. So, for instance, mm-hmm. they'll need to roll. Mm-hmm. They'll need to hang upside down. And does your classroom provide for that kind of stuff? Right. I mean, it's, you know, so often you think of a classroom, early childhood classroom, you know, you've got chairs, you're supposed to sit and kind mm-hmm. of doodle. That It doesn't work that way for young children. Right. Young children really need to be in different positions. And I argue it doesn't work for adults. We've just conformed yeah. to it because now the the... Standing desks, the yoga ball seats, the right. the treadmill desks, the pedaling things you can put under your desk because we know movement's important. But I think I'm actually thinking back to our presentation we did at the ELEA conference weeks ago where we talked about large group. And when you were bringing this up, Tom, I'm thinking of like what that picture looks like in your room with all the different positions and then the stock photo that a lot of other schools will have at large group where everyone's sitting crisscross and their hands are in their laps and they're listening or you they're in a circle they're in mm-hmm. a circle or they're on their mat on the floor 
Or maybe it's an elementary school where everybody's at their table yep. in a seat doing the same yep. thing. But we would know that that's an optimal position for probably, well, to generously right. say a fourth of the children that are in that room. There's the other group who needs to stand. There's yeah. the one who needs to lay on the floor. There's, yeah. so we know. I even know, like, so my child goes to a high school that's more project-based. And I went in there on Thursday, so just a few days ago. And it is more like the, the classroom looks a little more like maybe an office building in a way. Because each child has a desk. But it's more like they're kind of off working on their own. And then right. the teacher's at one end and can talk to them. But So there are kids sort of sitting on their desk. Yeah, There are kids just kind of standing and talking. There's kids um, you know, sitting at, you know, in a chair. I don't remember seeing anyone sitting on the floor. But certainly other times I've been there, there's somebody working where they're sitting on the floor mm-hmm. still. And there's something about... And the high school tends to attract the people who really can't be in the more typical high school and having to sit at a desk all right. day. And yeah, I think I don't think that ever goes away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I, I think preschool there's there's more options because there aren't even the desks there mm-hmm. for us to. So I'll have I'll have clipboards in my classroom, yeah. and I, I I still remember this one picture. Uh, there are three or four boys. They had taken the clipboards, and they were underneath. The, the slide mm-hmm. on right. the floor one was sitting one was laying down they were writing they were they, and they were communicating with each other and that seems so natural mm-hmm. as opposed to okay everybody let's let's make a snowman let's glue the three oh, walls yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. on the paper and you're sitting down and you're doing this it's just like right. oh, wow and I think the clipboards I think that's a really like I always had clipboards too right. but I, I kind of forget that a lot of teachers don't see that need, but it's like, one, clipboards are really cheap, and two, clipboards can go anywhere, so they can be at any level. Like right. I said, they could be standing and using a clipboard. Right. They could be under the slide. They could be at a table still. Right. But they don't need to be at a hard surface because the clipboard is there. Well, and then it, then it takes that content or whatever you need to do to an area where you're not going to have that dramatic play is not happening at the table or this block building isn't happening at the table or this investigation of the sticks, rocks, and creeks that we're at isn't at the table. So right. now I can still do the work that I'm excited about, but I don't have to only be, you know, if I'm going to write something or draw something, I don't have to only bring it back to my seat at my, my where my, my name tag is, and that's my spot. I'm thinking about your program and your program, too, uh, when you guys are outdoors and what the kids are doing mm-hmm. and all the different things they're doing. They're not just walking. Mm-hmm. Right. They're jumping. Right. They're rolling. They're, they're crouching you down t- to take a closer look. Yeah. All of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's much more naturalistic. They're on their back. They're mm-hmm. on their stomach. Mm-hmm. They slide. They. I right. mean, mm-hmm. just all these different things that that the kids know they need to do. First, their body is is telling them. It's talking to them, and right. they're listening. I don't know. They're 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 just completing actions that they need to do for their own development. It'd be an interesting mm-hmm. exercise for someone to, to take a, uh, you know, like you're describing, you know, just take a couple of snaps of your classroom, can maybe yeah. do like a panorama and see all the different ways that kids are. They are, you know, who's leaning, who's mm-hmm. who's lying down, right. who's, who's just taking a little break to spin, who's running snapshot moments like you're describing just to see all the different ways that they do. And it's not just using space because you're describing that they're using materials. They're just. And they're using their body. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's something about that I was just thinking about like if you were at desks or tables or whatever, it's like it takes up a certain amount of room. Mm-hmm. And you can only have like a table, you can only have whatever, six kids at a table yeah. or however many depending on the table. Yeah. But actually you can ha- I mean oftentimes teachers will put the number of chairs that they want. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had uh what I had four chairs, six chairs at my writing table. Mm-hmm. But I have pictures of eight or nine kids there. Right. Some are standing up. Right, because they can lean well, that, in. Well, that's what yeah. I was just going to say. Right. Is if you, or if you take the chairs away from the table, suddenly you can have more. But you right. might have, could a kid be under the table? Could a kid be right. kneeling well, we have at the a, table? We have or, a you know, housekeeping area, and there's the, the kind of the kitchen table in the housekeeping area. Very rarely do kids sit at the right. kitchen table and pretend to be a family having... You know, They, they set the table, and they yeah. put the dolls at the table, but right. they don't actually... You know, they're usually cr- down on the floor, yeah, yeah. you know, fussing with something in the toy oven or, or things like that. You know, right. they don't they don't necessarily even in right. the, even in their play games, yeah. they don't necessarily uh, pretend to just sort of right. That, that reminds stationary. me. One of the things I had in my classroom, the last classroom I taught in, I had we just called it the riser. You know, so it was just mm-hmm. the yep. low, you know, yep. one foot high riser, and it was there just to sort of separate the art area from the block area in mm-hmm. a way, giving it sort of a visual thing. But it became at group times, some people would sit... Like, it's the perfect height mm-hmm. for sitting on. Sometimes kids would be kneeling and drawing because it was right next to the art area. Sometimes mm-hmm. kids would be using the blocks and the riser would become part of the block building. And the other thing, too, is that kids could move it themselves. So sometimes they would push it all the way over and it sort of makes a step to, like, a shelf. Mm-hmm. Or there was a loft the other way and you could bring it that way so it was, you could stand on that and reach the kids who are up on the loft. And it was just really interesting the way... It's not really, it was a piece of furniture that didn't necessarily have a use. Right. Or, but they used it. But they used it for everything. Well, because it gave them access also to different levels. It was a seat, levels, it was a table. Yeah, of, that's I mean, what I was thinking. Ta- it was Tom, all about You started this. talking about sort of the, the different, whatever, <coughs> positions that kids use in a space. But, you know, when you when you do your presentations specifically on sensory play, oh, yeah. you always emphasize the, the desire to get to a different level. So that'd be another thing to look at. Okay, who's who's up on a step? Did somebody climb a chair to to reach something, or or then then of course the, the loft if you're lucky enough to have a, a loft in your classroom. Right. But that there's also the different levels that kids want to put themselves yeah. in within within space, and just to do the regular things, right? They just want to sometimes they even just want to read a book, but they want to go up to the loft right. to mm-hmm. read the book, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's where they choose to be, or sometimes they want to be in that tiny little nook like you're describing under the slide. So they're doing very ordinary things that you would do in any classroom, but sort of how they're how they're using their body in that in that yeah. time and where they are. And it's reminded me in those workshops you often talk about the levels make people the children often interact in ways they wouldn't have without the levels. And I think right. that's also mm-hmm. true even when the child's reading the book up at the top of the loft yep. and someone else like because they're up there they might like hand them a note or something. There's right. like some interaction yeah. that happens mm-hmm. because they're at different and, levels. Yeah, and you literally so. have a different perspective. Yeah. Or if you're lying on the floor, you know, oh, look what I just found under the couch. Even right, though you yeah. weren't down there looking for the lost right, right. toy under the couch, but the kid who's lying on their stomach to do the puzzle yeah, right. might find it. So, so, so all these like novel things. You're describing you're kind of describing them these like opportunities that happen because everybody's being Right, unique. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the non uniformity. <laughs> so so the pictures I'm oh, I'm looking at are static. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which which makes me think there must be it, there must be a lens wh- that's not static of watching the kids, how they move throughout the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. they will move differently throughout the room. Some might be crawling at some point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Some might be rolling. Right. Some might, might be going under something or around something or yeah, yeah. over something. 
Yeah. It's like. Yep. Over things is definitely a over big thing in our room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's another it's another aspect that when we're asking children line up straight line follow me. Right. How most children don't want to move that way. It's not what their body is asking them to do, but this is what we ask them to do because we don't want it to be out of control. We don't want it to be... Well, it's also how you kind of learn the the least. I don't know if we've talked about it in this show or not, but going back to what you were talking about, Tom, when you are saying uh, programs that spend a lot of time outside, it's those unpredictable sur- surfaces mm-hmm. that are going to give your body the most information right. yeah. and feedback about your proprioception and your balance and all those kinds of things. I'm sorry if I cut you off, Ross, but no, just, you're, you're going to learn the least, right, from exactly. walking on a flat surface in a, in a straight line. Well, you, you might learn something, but, but your body is not getting as much exactly. information. So, so then yeah. you will be finding ways to make yourself go upside down, spin, uh-huh. spin in circles, uh-huh. getting uh-huh. to different, getting really big, getting really smaller. You know, yeah. find, so I think there's that way, and I think that was remi- I was thinking about yeah. just... No, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's the irregularity that gives it part of that. And I was just mm-hmm. skiing for the first time in a few years, and it was hard to figure out that rhythm again. Mm-hmm. But the easiest part for me was going uphill. Right. Because it had the resistance, so mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I needed to do. And right. if I didn't, I would slip backwards. You know, yep. like, so it, yeah. I had so yeah, much feedback. more information, yeah. like f- actual right. feedback... And I think for kids, too, when the room is really uniform and they all sit in a chair and all the chairs are exactly the same and everyone's at the same level, there's less information for them to Actually, they resist against. It. Yeah, well, they resist they, that. They, they yeah, actually resist well, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's making oh, me Well, I'm think. thinking about that what they, what they, I would love to maybe take, compare inside and outside pictures and mm-hmm. see. Yeah, oh, yeah. When you have a, again, your, most of your indoor spaces have a flat. Or, I mean, you know, like they're yeah. not that, they're not they're that, unpre- crag, they're not that like... unpredictable, right? Not craggy, but, but you know, yeah, are the movements that they are, like you just said, Tom, right. like seeking, creating, do, how, how do they map with mm-hmm. uh, walking on a bumpy path right. or, uh, I was going to say, swinging on a, on a branch and may, there might be something in your classroom you could grab. If there was, they would grab it. Yeah. You know, so how much uh, of that actual need, I guess, because mm-hmm. they're creating mm-hmm. it. They're creating a naturalistic experience in a uniform, human-made space. More sterile space. environment. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking, taking a picture of large group inside versus large group outside, mm-hmm. you're almost going to yeah. have to have irregularity with body positions and levels and where you are, depending on your space. But right. when that, you're outside, when you're outside, because if you're on, if you're on a hill, you're naturally going to be at different positions right. or you're going to be some sitting on a bump or a berm. Or but on, when you're inside, they're going to look different. It's going to exactly. And I was, th- and I was thinking back again to our, our session. Assuming you allow them to sit the way they are most comfortable. Yes. yes. That, yes. that I think point. Tom, your point of that, they resist wanting to do this, that, I think we we talked about that in our session a few weeks ago too. Where at large group, what are your expectations? That and one of the things that came up was that children sit and listen. Well, how are they going to sit and listen when if everyone has to sit that crisscross applesauce on right. their on their carpet or on their letter on the mat? Well, now I'm just I don't really care about what you're saying. I want to I'm trying to like not move because I know I'm going right. to get in trouble. So now I'm thinking all about making my body still. And I'm not focusing on what you're talking about. Right. And so there's that resistance in so many ways of, yeah. you know, are we fighting an unnecessary fight 
when we're making everyone have to be this one way because I want you to be in control. Mm -hmm. As, I, I do think that at some point in time that, that they will do some sitting. Yeah. But if they haven't had the chance to be able to experiment with their body throughout the room or outside, then they won't. Right. I mean, if it's right. always just... And that's going back to like our emergent sitting episode yeah, from yeah, long yeah. ago mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. in order for kids to learn to sit, they have to yeah. move around. Right. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite thing to sit on is the tabletop. Right. Like I'd rather, if you have the chair or the table, I would often sit on the table. Right. Because then it just feels better for me. It's at the right height. I can kind of, I can still swing mm -hmm. my legs really easy. But you know, as the saying goes, uh, tables are for glasses, not butts. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna keep our, keep our, uh, yeah, expletive free. <laughs> Okay, with that, <laughs> I think that's that's a this seems like a good place yeah. to end it. So. It's going to be interesting to to step back with that lens, Tom, and see yeah, see what I noticed. Yeah, I want to. It would be interesting if people would send that, us pictures on our Facebook of, of kids lying down yeah. or interesting ways they're and using we'll have their to body. Post on, some on and, Facebook as well. Yeah, I think maybe what our classrooms look like. Maybe the challenge is you can't have them. You know, dated anytime before the episode or after the episode airs. Like it has to be before this, so you can have an authentic, candid, and there's no judgment with what your rooms look like, but just something to think about. Yeah. How how uniform or not uniform are your are your spaces for children? Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.